Greetings. Happy afternoon. And a happy afternoon to you too, Abigail. I'm really enjoying this time of year where it's light for so long. Sorry, is this the writer's almanac or? Yes. See, you shouldn't just meet my delightful jokes with silence. That's not fair. <laughs> well, I don't, well, I wasn't sure what, what, what the joke was. This is the Two Girls Talking Podcast. That's not even what you're supposed to say. Oh. Like Garrison Keillor amusing on the weather. Weather. What else? What other joke is there? But is what does he have something called the Writer's Almanac? Oh my god! For like twenty years, every Wait, morning on so, NPR. So hosts. when you had a podcast called the Almanac, you were copying someone else's name. No, it was just called Almanac. I'm and it's sorry. A completely different show. There was a lot of musing on the weather, if I recall. <laughs> Well, his is a poetry show. He reads a poem and then he tells you who died that day in history and talks about them. Adorable. It's really great. And the sign off is do good works and keep in touch. Wait, there's more to it. Damn it. I don't remember what it is, but I used to listen to it when I was a kid. Oh, I listened to conservative talk radio when I was a kid and Dr. Laura, which is conservative talk radio. Yeah, my friend's parents listened to that, but my parents really like that i remember so i carpooled in high school with this other girl kim um and i remember one time she like went on a rant about someone else she didn't like carpooling with and part of the issue was that they like didn't listen to music and i realized like days later i was like wait we don't listen to music because my mom like does her you know did her talk radio thing gotta stay up on the pursuit of liberty Indeed. Got to find out how the liberals are trying to rescind our rights left and right. Left and left, I think you mean. (laughs) The liberal media elite. AM640, here I come. God. I do remember listening to Rush Limbaugh and thinking, this is the most bored I've ever been in my entire life, listening to this man shout. And I wonder what he's shouting about. I remember thinking, like, it wasn't even... Like, I just remember thinking, they're just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. it's called talk radio, but really it's just one person talking. So kind of like our podcast show. Our podcast show is two. There's two people having a conversation about life and... That's not the name of it. World events. I describe it to people as... Two, two, people, two people having yam- a conversation. <laughs> about life and world events? No. I describe it to people as two girls yammering about God knows what. And strangely, no one seems to want to sign on after that. But, you know, it's just true. I, you know, I, 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 let, the, I let the content speak for itself. <laughs> By the way, I so I've started trying to save when I see links on Facebook that I want to talk to you about. I've been trying to save them so that I can bring them up on the podcast. Oh, wow. So I saved one this week, and I remember it so well, I don't even need to pull it up. It blew my mind. Exciting. Tell me more. Okay. So this is science cast. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Going on roller coasters helps pass kidney stones. No. Yes. Why? The Like, it's it's like shaking a bottle of soda. Like, it jiggles out the bubbles. Um, oh my gosh that's so interesting yeah and they basically discovered it because like one um, doctor like 
noticed anecdotally people would say like yeah I was on vacation and I passed the kidney stone we've been watching and finally he was like okay time to do an experiment um and he asked he did a bunch of like he asked everyone like where where they went what rides they rode all of that and Thunder Mountain Railroad is the I would- uh, is the primo primo wow. primo coaster for passing a stone, Abigail? Um, we don't have to go anywhere to pass stones. We can pass stones right here, right here in our own backyard. Is this Country Bear Jamboree? Is it happening? No, that's from Mimi in St. Louis when she says, "You know, other people have to come here to go to the World's Fair, but we don't have to go anywhere. It's right here, right here in our own backyard." When I imagine your childhood, I imagine <laughs> it like Mimi in St. Louis. That's exactly what it was like, dude. A bunch of girls in dresses singing and, (laughs) like, fighting about nothing. Uh, yeah. And also, CF, my college years and adulthood, by the way. (laughs) Nothing has changed. But yeah, so then the doctor did an experiment and he made, like, a little, like, model kidney and he put in some kidney stones and some pee and then don't like this story. he put it in a backpack, him and his like co-doctor doing the experiment with him. And then they rode on Thunder Mountain with the backpack between them with the kidney at like kidney level. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were able to like see that the, the stone would move out of the kidney into the urethra. See, I instantly would be like, this has something to do with being in Orlando. This has something to do with the act of being in a city that I would have like gone down the wrong path forever. Being not scientifically minded, but superstitiously minded always. I would have been like, oh, I was on vacation and was blackout drunk by 2 p.m. every day. Probably it's that. (laughs) Probably it's the overload to the system and it just did what it could to try and stay alive a little longer. You just got to put more alcohol into the kidney and then you'll pass the kidney stone. It's amazing. It's a miracle cure. So yeah, that blew my mind. Some science blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now I like want to check and see if I have any cool things saved, but I really doubt I do. You know, most of the things I save are just articles I need to read about how to like be better at all of my jobs. It's yeah, it's it's the only you know the occasional mental floss that I'm like, oh, maybe Amanda hasn't heard this story. Hmm. I've been doing a little too much Facebooking this uh, week, especially the past couple days. I've been getting a lot of fights, starting fights with people. Uh, you know, the usual. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would waste their time. No, I Facebook fights do not like appeal to me at all. I mean, being I right, being right, being right appeals to me. So I will feel triggered by something someone says and I'll like want to give a speech but mm-hmm. but then I'm like, no, it won't matter. They won't change their mind. They won't realize there's no I, there's no way for me to feel better about this. So I just close that tab. Move on here's, with my life. Here's some things I've saved. <laughs> Slow cooker balsamic chicken. Ooh, I want that. Blueberry lemon cake. Yes. The underground kingdoms of Vietnam, which is just beautiful images of this place in Vietnam. Great material for a podcast. 22 hard things you have to do to be successful. Didn't read that. That sounds like, okay, first of all, I'm really curious why you even clicked that. Like, were you like compelled by the headline? I did. 
No, I wanted to save it for something to make my boss write a version of. So Got it's it. work related. Okay. okay. I was I, I was confused as to how you were like compelled by such an article. Ever. We're like, yeah, tell Ever. me. Tell me article. I'm sure you have great content that I haven't heard before. I really need to be successful. Please help me. me. You know what I need to be successful at? Mm. Like my goal right now is like, how can I sleep like 10 to 11 hours every night? Yeah. How do I get in on that? 22 reasons I should be asleep (laughs) the majority of the day. Mm Hmm. No more interesting articles. Sorry. Well, what else is new with you? What's up? What is new with me? We've covered the weather. We've covered kidneys. If I'm not doing kidney talk, I don't even know myself, you know, at this point. I got a new job. Uh, ooh, is it keeping you busy? It is, which I mean... Too, too busy? Yeah. Not busy enough. Well, on the one hand, mm-hmm. I enjoy the work. Well, telling people what to do is among your favorite activities, so I can imagine that. Yes, though I don't know enough. But it's like, I don't know. There's You don't need to know anything to tell people what to do, I've discovered. Well, I keep, today especially, my boss has been like, oh my gosh, I'm getting such good feedback. Like, you're making such a big difference on the team. And oh my I, God. And I feel like Scam I'm, I know, I feel like oh I'm, my God. I feel like I'm fooling everyone. And I told him that. I was like, oh, I'm glad you feel that way. Because it's not real. Since I'm billing you a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of course, I didn't even accept I... this job until I raised my rates another 50% over the last job I had last month. Because, like, I hate yep. working so much that I just keep raising my prices and I keep finding jobs I enjoy more that will pay me them. That's a miracle, dude. Um, so I was like, I'm glad you feel that way since I'm billing you. Um, but I really feel like I am, like, ha- like climbing up quite the ladder of this learning curve but you're doing it um and he was like well you hide it well well that's me hiding my feelings uh making men give me money i mean please this job cha-ching i do i do enjoy all of the things you just said i went on a date the other night and the guy (gasps) and we were at a brewery and the guy kept paying for the beer and oh my god, that's the hottest thing. No, I and I like I don't know if it's just like I don't know if it's like a six dollar beer will like at this point I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. Well and and I am poor and Yeah, I just heard about how you raised all your rates and you can't stop working. So <laughs> Right. I had to get a job because I didn't have one. Um mm, the poorest move of all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and so now hopefully we'll get back to a state where I can, you know, buy myself beer. But basically, I haven't even been drinking because I haven't had the money and I've just been trying to be really good about it. Um, I and, hear you. And so I went on this date and he was like, what do you want? Like, and he was being very, like, aggressive about making sure, like, he paid for everything. Graham is creeping at the door. Does he? What does he want? Oh, my God. Yeah, so he kept, like, aggressively paying, and I loved it because, you know. Switch your earbuds so that you can sit next to each other. We're doing it. I Sorry, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't know how to share earbuds. Jesus Christ, I've never shared earbuds with a human being in my life. Actually, Afton and I would sit at the Panera and eat broccoli cheddar soup, and I actually, no, I got a headphone splitter, so we had our own headphones, and we watch uh, 
Then watch X-Files on my 12-inch laptop at Panera and eat our soup. And that was the last time I was happy, seven years ago. <laughs> when was this? What age did you have a laptop that could play video files? I don't... Uh, this was literally in college, oh, you know, okay. at the La Mirada Panera. Sure. Site of many infractions, many indiscretions. Did I ever tell you, so Panera was huge when I was in high school, but we mm-hmm. it, did, it hadn't come to California yet. So I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, you've told me this. I'm sorry. It's only my favorite restaurant. Do you want to talk about X-Files some more? Go ahead. So I mean, I just know that pumpkin muffy is like the next thing out of your mouth. I just know it is. That's not true. Okay. Um, Grandma's so pleased to be like the live listener of the show. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> yeah, Grandma somehow managed to crash the episode even after we said we weren't going to talk about him on it. Weaseled his way in as usual. The Graham method. Um. And so Panera was my favorite restaurant, and I would go there pretty much every day. Again, I pretty much was took care of myself from age 15 on. And so I remember, like, I eat, ate at least one meal a day at Panera. It was definitely my third place, if you will. Uh, Ooh, thanks, Howard Schultz. And I, there. and I even, I remember getting, I got this really big graduation gift from my church because I had basically worked part-time at my church for free for my whole life because well until recently I just gave away labor Mm -hmm. indentured servitude I'm familiar Mm -hmm. um and they wanted to get me like a gift certificate to a nice restaurant so I could go out and they were like weaseling around to figure out what I wanted you just kept saying the word Panera while looking right into their face yeah well they like my mom was doing some skits and I was like, I just, she's like, what's your favorite restaurant? I'm like, Panera. And she's like, no, but like, if you're going to go out for a nice dinner, uh, Panera and I'll get something over $10. Yeah. I was like, I was like bread bowl at Panera. Panera. And I upgrade to the bread bowl. Thank you. And, um, and she was like, okay, Kevin wants to get you a gift certificate for like a nice dinner as a thank you. Whoa, way to blow the surprise. No, because she was like, she was like, all you're telling me is Panera. And I was like, wait, you're saying I could get a giant gift certificate to Panera? It would last me forever. You probably metered that thing out in a way that was so tragic and so annoying. And she was like, so you're still you, I see. And you were like, by the way, this will continue on forever. I will always be me. And um and then I got like fifty bucks to Panera in a handwritten gift certificate because you know this was before gift cards existed. Yep. And I metered it out and I felt like the queen of all queens. I was like, I could have all three meals at Panera. The dream. And so then true. I moved to California and there was no fucking Panera. Um, you can still find them every now and then. And when I see them from the freeway or something, or if someone's like, we should eat somewhere, I'm like, oh my God, what if, what if it's Panera? What if we just like went there to the Panera? And you know, people are never as excited as I am. I introduced someone to Panera recently and they were like, it's all right. And I was like, shut up. And I'm driving home alone. The sandwiches are amazing. The salads are amazing. The soup is amazing. What other food do you want in life? Can't believe you haven't mentioned the pumpkin muffies yet, but those are good too. 
pumpkin muffins are seasonal, first of all. Second of all, if they're your favorite food, why do you keep pitching the story as though I... They're not. I don't like muffies. You told me a story about muffies one time when we were standing in line at Panera. What was the story? Panera's genius for coming up with a muffie. Jimmy loves them. No, you were like, pumpkin muffies are delicious. I used to eat them all the time. I used to get a muffie every day. Something like that. Ooh, what a nice life. I know, right? I want a muffie. I like the pumpkin muffie better than than another (laughs) muffie. I know. I know you do. Finally, you admit it instead of acting like I'm conjuring this up from nothingness. But you, I have no, files. I have so many files. You should, I, I do. Now I do want to like search our chat logs for pumpkin muffy. The court will adjourn until further evidence can be entered into observation or whatever. What's it called? Discovery. When it's entered into discovery. I will say Panera isn't my like pastry go to. Like I'm there for the food. Yeah, yeah, same. So. I'm just there for the broccoli cheddar. Like, I lived, dude, I did, man, when I lived in Lawndale and I had no friends and no life, I would, like, go to the Panera every day and have, like, a bowl of cheddar broccoli soup and then go home. Sometimes if I was feeling really sad, I would just take it home and eat it. But, man, I guess I started eating at Panera every day, too. Hey, Graham. Hi, guys. Gramican, how's your day going so far? Um, pretty. What great. big things have you accomplished? Um, I I submitted an online form. Um, it was my third try. Third times the charm. Yeah. By online form, he means job application. <gasps> yeah, I was invited to apply to apply for a job, um, and it's actually my my second application that I was invited to fill out today. Um, I had an interview this morning and then I filled out a job application after the interview and then I filled out another job application. How many more job applications do you think there are in the process, if you had to guess? These are these are from different jobs. He's trying to brag about how everyone's trying to hire him. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm at I the mean, center Graham, of a very vicious and... bidding war right now for my services. People are clamoring. That's my that's my storyline on this podcast. Yeah. You and Abigail make quite the pair over there, just the, you know, Rockefeller twins hiding in the dark bedroom. No, we're we're kicking ass and taking names like and then and then so Amanda, so I like got a call out of the blue yesterday and they're like, Can you come in for an interview tomorrow? And I went in for an interview and they're like, Can you apply? And I was like, Awesome. And then I got an email yesterday that was like, Can you apply for this other job? And I was like, Yes, of course. And then today, while I was like feeling so smug and satisfied about all of my applications that I was invited to do, somebody else who I had interviewed with months no. ago emailed me out of the blue, unprompted, was like, Hey, I've been thinking about you. We're still considering you. And my ego, like, my, so you. my weasel brain too had decided, like, a long time ago. And in fact, I think it might have been a joke life moment, maybe. I don't know. So my weasel brain had decided, like, oh, they're hiring all of the the crummy candidates before me and they're saving the best for last. And that was I mean, the I person. remember your theory that made no sense. Right. Yeah. No, like, Graham had interviewed with these people, like, two months ago. And they were like, hey, just to let you know, we like hired someone, but we're keeping you in mind for the future. And he like worked up this whole theory about how like, well, they probably hire their like least attractive candidate first to just kind of like test out the riffraff. And this is my circle back. about men. 
Yeah, I'm like, oh, my my man somewhere in the world is going to marry like his first, like he's a millionaire, like old man, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to marry his first wife, and then she's going to die, and then I'll like, I don't know, nurse him back to health or something. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying though. No, and so, like, my I'm brain. sorry, your fantasy involves you marrying an old man, uh, just for man. my, just for the first husband to get the money, you know. I mean, Gramps' Gramps' dream is probably very similar. Come on. Yeah, no, I mean, I like inherit all of the old jewelry. This, this uh, email, yeah. this email he got that was like, um, "You're still in the game." Was very flirty. I thought it was like, "Hey, I've been thinking about you. I've been you. thinking about you a lot. We and still us. have a hiring freeze, but I'm just... I don't want you to forget." I'm trying to find out a way that we can make this work between us, this thing that we haven't even had time to explore yet. But I feel like we're so close to getting to a point where we can discover whether this is going to be right for both of us. And I want that to happen for you, but mostly I want that to happen for me. So for us, us. for the future. Yeah. It was so much validation that my weasel brain did not need. And I was like, I was like, this is why it was, it was like, this is why we do the work that we do. And I was like, stop it, stop it right now. And it could not be stopped. So did you go on like a tour of the city, the mayor's handing you a key, like all in your brain, just Graham's eyes glazed over no, for a minute. His, in his dreams, it's like he takes all three jobs and is a bajillionaire and a genius and runs every company. And he's like, and he's like, yeah. And he's like tri-coastal and he's like, hang on, let me jet to Bakersfield. Hang on. Let me jet to the coast. Oh, hang, and he's like juggling all his cell phones and he like has to hire an assistant so he can do all the jobs yeah no it's it's just a matter of time because like with three incomes it's and, just a matter of time yeah because with three incomes and two of the jobs are on the same street so i could just get one apartment where the two jobs are and then a separate apartment where the other job is and then it just really makes sense to get like a small single engine aircraft and get my pilot's license like it just makes sense it just well, makes sense at that yeah. point yeah because commercial flights will just add up too fast, and it just is like a financially sound and, move. And, oh, and private's a nightmare. I mean, you can't go anywhere for less than twenty four grand. So, I mean, I understand completely. No, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm all in support of a land baron, air baron Graham on the move. His twenty five jobs, six coasts, ten countries, a week, a week. <laughs> I mean, it does start to sound like drug smuggling. The longer I talk, though, hmm. Or the perfect operation to start drug smuggling. We should probably talk off the record later. Oh dear. Graham's Graham's only willing to talk about all the jobs he's interviewing for on a public podcast, not his drug schemes. Okay. No. So the um one of the drug kingpins kids just got arrested because he was talking about something at a restaurant and got filmed. Um, (gasps) I think it was uh El Chapo's son, Lopez Nunez. I think is his name, or Nunez Lopez or something. You know a lot about this for someone not on the inside. I declined to comment. Hmm. Sage, very wise. I've had. A... I feel. Like... Yes, go ahead. I feel like we've gotten off course. I feel like we're far afield at this point. Bring us back. Where do you want to be? Nestled in the bosom of a pumpkin muffy. Well, no. Who does? I don't want that. Um. I no. I did want to say one other. My conspiracy theory when Graham texted me about all the jobs. Well, it was just like wild screenshots all day long. I mean, sure. I was like, Graham recently got out of a long-term relationship. And mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, is this how it works? Like, you say no. Like, the God closes a door and then and he then opens you a out bigger of a window. door. Like, and then all of a sudden you're like standing in front of like 600 giant doors. I was like, if you like 
if you like make what can I say no to in my life right now I know right I was like I was like is this what we, we just we make ourselves available to the future we leave something that we thought was our future and it's really difficult but we like make ourselves available and then all of a sudden like it's just like raining job offers it's six Dude, coasts and a single engine airplane I, I totally it. did yoga last week too so I think that's playing into it that sounds like some sort of date by the way I don't believe he did yoga no, I was feeling like super sporty. I went to the gym and I did some yoga in my in the gym in my building because I'm single now, so I have to get uncouple fat. Mm, I need to do that, but that would be like a four year process at this point. Uncouple fat. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we just call that regular body type shape. I think it's hard to say. Who knows what it a regular so- body type is? There I isn't don't- one. I don't even get to buy a scale until I've like paid two bills. So I'm still just in like mystery land. Yeah, I don't I don't know what my weight is either. I need to get a scale, but it sounds like hard work and sad. So I don't think Graham knows his weight. I think he just does yoga. And then... Hard pass. He does a he does a visual inspection, an ocular pat down yeah, to see what's happening. Gay scale. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say I don't work out to be like healthy or thin. I just work out to be attractive naked. And so long as the mirror tells me that, then I don't care what the scale says. You know, the Graham, mirror that's is a, a bitch, though. That's a great method. Um, I wish I could employ such severe tactics as well. But you know, it sounds like hard work. A lot of it, it requires like a lot of self hatred. Like, oh yeah, no, we're well, familiar. That's I mean, a big theme of this podcast. No, no, no. I, I listened to the last episode. I really resonated. Oh. Say more. Well, no, I just like the struggle is real across the spectrum. Like, nobody likes even if you're ever. Even if you're a beautiful, young, attractive gay man, you still hate yourself. Cool. Yeah, Got it. Well, sure. I'm, none of those things are true anymore, but you know. No, you are so oh, young. I'm single. You're young. You're attractive. I, I actually noticed. Okay, first of all, he got into the car and he looks so tan today. Dude. I don't know if it's his maroon sweater, but like he looks weirdly tan. One of my favorite Instagram stories, Abigail filmed you like walking towards her. She's like, Graham's here. We're going to go have fun. And you like had your little coat on and you were like prancing up to the car. And it was so adorable. And I was like, well, this is so cute. I like rewound it and watched it again. Um, but yeah, you don't photograph well, which is a great thing about you, I think, because then it makes it easier to not hate you as a person, you know, because if it was too many good things in one package, that would just be a nightmare. No, I mean, I can really appreciate that. Like, I'm I'm definitely yeah. like an in-person. I do best in person. Like, I'm not great. Oh, on, for sure. Yeah. Does it? Okay. So I have a question. I have a question too after you. Go okay. ahead. So Graham, you're a very attractive man, but mm-hmm. in pictures, you look like a foot. Like a troll foot. <laughs> He doesn't look that bad. He's still cute, but it's just like it doesn't it doesn't come across right. No, it today look right. today like, uh... I was like even just like even earlier we were sitting across from the island from each other and I was looking at him and I thought he's so like his his features he's are so, so chiseled. No, I know. Like, he's he's very got cute. such good bone structure. The yoga, I'm telling you. <laughs> I've been slimming down in the face too. And apparently yoga I'm make more tan. Symmetrical, but sure. But okay, so here's my question. With the facts being as they are, attractive man looks like a foot. In photos. And you say everyone hates themselves. Yeah. Does it, like, make you hate yourself more that you don't photograph well? Or do you feel like that's a separate issue? You're like, no, I know I'm attractive. Or does it, like, influence that? Like, do you feel like... Does it protect you? Do you feel like you and 
corroborated by others believing that you don't look right in a picture, does that make you feel like you're not right? So, um, no, I, it's actually like kind of comforting that like I've never looked good in a picture because I feel like modern society, like my like millennial generation is like lives through social media and it's always about like these selfies and posting pictures of where you are. And I'm like, I've, I feel like partly I've been spared a great gift because I like take any picture and show it to people and they're like, oh, this is why you don't take selfies or post pictures. And I'm like, yeah, but like, that's so harsh. No, but I also feel like I'm, I like miss out on so much like personal branding almost like, like, cause everybody like that manages a social media profile. I feel like it's like this like personal brand of like the, the, the Shilbo show or the Graham show. And like, I feel like, I I'm like no you like literally I'm better in person you have to spend time with me and I feel like sometimes our generation's not willing to put in the work and so it's uh it's really interesting that I get to sift through people that that like are very like surface observers I'm like no you want to be part of this you got to spend time mm. I feel like the same way but I I mean we talked about this before but I feel like I um, best if you can spend a lot of time with me and I feel like my personality wins people over um, whereas like I may not be very cute but I am very funny and very interesting to talk to so people end up liking that a lot but they're never going to be like oh that girl's so cute I'm going to go talk to her so that's a weird thing no it's a dicey subject though I feel like I don't I don't know if I've spent like a lot of time with you the way that you emphasized it but I still like you are a hoot you are charming and witty and smart, and I love any moments that we have together. I love any moments wow. we have together as well. Oh, That's very story. sweet of you. But I still sometimes wonder. I used to think about that a lot, whether it would be better, like if you were offered the option, whether you should choose to be hot or whether you should choose to like have a good personality slash be smart. Well, I feel like placing any sort of emphasis on any of those things is like part of the problem. It's like they shouldn't be valued into different columns but we know one is valued so much higher it's like being like do you want this lump of gold or do you want like a shit sandwich well if you feel like they're that (laughs) if you feel like they're that obviously different then it doesn't feel like that hard of a choice you do not knowledge charm or intelligence do you i'm no i mean i do personally because like that's what i have but like it it's odd to me that um like that I just feel like your life is so much easier if you're good looking, like in every way, you know, not that every episode of this podcast has to be about that, but you know, we did get a lot of feedback after the last episode. So it's certainly something that other people have a lot of feelings about. Yeah. People no, just people resonate with it for sure. Like that's something everyone struggles with no matter what. Yep. (laughs) Graham, do you want to introduce a topic? Um, I mean, oh, I don't. I don't have any notes. Abby always has like pages and pages of notes. I know, right? Yeah, um, I, I didn't come prepared for this. Like literally, I was like, I got, I called her and was bragging about all of my interviews, and then she's like, "Come hang out," and I was like, "Okay." And then she's like, "I'm gonna start recording a podcast while you do this form for the ninetieth time." And I was like, oh. <laughs> "Well, like we said, people can be pretty or they can be smart, and I mean, it just." Yeah, they are mutually exclusive, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a tough life. I don't know. It doesn't I sound think... like it. My 20 jobs. <laughs> My beautiful face that doesn't photograph well. <laughs> nope, it all seems to be washing out correctly here. You know, um, so one of the... Uh, one of the... Th- 
one of the things that someone emailed me after um, last week's podcast, which was number 36, I think, um, they said they were sharing that they had recently they had lost a bunch of weight, like, I don't know, 50 pounds ish. And they were starting to, like, gain it back. Um, and I asked and, and that, the, you know, they were having similar conflicting feelings about it. And I asked them, why did they lose the weight? They said they did it to fit in. Yeah. And I like that. That made me feel a lot better about why I felt upset about gaining weight. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, that's part of why I'm upset. And we didn't actually talk about this on the episode because we ended up talking a lot about relationships and, and how weight factors into that. But, like, I think what's been hard for me is that, like, relationship-wise, I almost don't care about gaining weight because I don't trust, like, the situation anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fitting in thing is that's what, huge is what yeah, felt real. is what felt more difficult and just like there's there's this um idea about what's what's like good and what's not and i remember there was someone i hadn't seen in a while and um and she made a comment to a mutual friend after seeing me that she was like quote really worried about me because mm-hmm. i had gained weight and this is someone who like is like a casual acquaintance. And so I feel confused when people who are casual acquaintances claim to be worried about me anyway. Um, Sure. (laughs) But then on top of that, it's like, well, we haven't talked. So like, it feels a little like, uh, convenient or like gossipy to say you're worried about me based on my weight. Um, and I think that's where the fitting in comes in. It's like, well, if you fit in, then people don't, get as much up in your business oh for sure and I mean I think there's a certain part of fitting in that's that's odd too like I remember when I would hang out with the actresses a lot more um like they would complain about things where they're like oh like I ate too much I'm getting so fat or something and I'd be like I'd be like oh no I'm actually fat you're not fat like and they'd be like no you're not and I'm like well, if I'm not, and you at 120 pounds gaining two pounds think you are, like, can you help me do the math on this one? Because I don't quite understand how that works. Like, right. it's it's there, but I can't see it. And I think there is a lot to like, and I'm, I mean, I remember stuff like Kaylee posted a picture of all of us at Disneyland. And I remember a lot of people come, well, I mean, she has millions of followers, but I remember com- people commenting a lot being like, who is this fat girl that's with you guys? And I was like, oh, that's why I like drew um, comment in any way, shape or form is because everyone else is thin and I'm the one person that's not thin. And like that people thought that was weird that I was hanging out with them, which maybe they thought that was weird too. I don't know. Well, I, you know I, I mean, it might, it might partially be that they thought it was weird, but they also might just think like, Oh, that's like interesting and cool. And I want to know more. I remember on, uh. well, no, listen. So I remember on the Hills, a show I loved they had, which is it's So for those of you who, uh, have missed the boat. The Hills is a reality show following Was. some some young uh, young women living in LA, and they're supposed to be just like regular girls trying to make it. But like in the end, they're basically starlets. But it's trying to be this sort of like real real life approach to like what's it like to move to LA and whatever. 
and there's a group of friends and they're considered cast, but you can tell, especially when they like go to Vegas for the weekend or whatever, you can tell that there's really like eight girls or whatever in this group, but only four are characters on the show. Mm -hmm. And you'll see other people in the background. And if you're a true fan like me, you like you recognize and you're like, oh, that girl goes on every trip with them. Like she's obviously just as good friends as everyone else. But like either she's fat or not cute or like is voting no on being on the show, but is still in the group of friends, whatever the case may be. And I always felt really interested in who those people were. Like, who are the people that aren't like, for whatever reason, like on the show. And so I could also see that happening with like, like you're with a bunch of famous people, but you're not famous. And also you have a different, like you physically look different. Like I could see that just being like, Oh, who's that? That's, that's cool. Or that's interesting. Or like, what's the secret there? Mm -hmm. I could see that. I mean, I remember it being feeling like a very negative thing, but it could definitely be something like that. No, I mean, I, I, I probably can see it more from your perspective, Amanda, just like, having been in LA and Orange County and being gay, like the, the crowd is like vicious. Um, I've heard it's really tough. Like it's very, very like terrifying in a lot of ways. Like I've, I've often thought like, wow, things are bad for me, but that sounds like a whole nother level of, you know, rejection slash expectations slash like my friends who are gay talk about that a lot. And I remember telling some friends of mine who are older that they should move to LA and they were like, we can't cut it there. Like that's not for us. Yeah, there's like not a lot of forgiveness for like any physical shortcomings. It's there's like a very high expectation that like that you are like spending like X amount of hours per week in the gym and that you're like dieting and that and like people like out here like they'll take like um you might remember like from like TV commercials like the like hydroxy cut, which is mm-hmm. like like it's like a appetite or suppressant and like um stimulant for your um for your like metabolism yeah that's Mm -hmm. the word um and so like they'll like be like they like won't eat they'll take that as like a pre-workout which is like not designed for and it's just like there's like a lot of like Mm. yeah there's a lot of pressure put on it to like to fit into this like super teeny tiny stereotypical mold of like six-pack pecs biceps ass like Mm -hmm. the business is like and if so if you're like any pudgy anywhere it's like that's so interesting well especially because so much of the um so much of it is like visual, I feel like with like grinder and scruff and all that stuff. And I'm sure there's a million new ones. I don't even know the names of, but like a lot of the gay male um, online dating stuff seems like it's very visually based and very like visually focused. And um, I've also heard a lot about like aging out of it. Like people are terrified when they get to a certain age. Cause it's like, Oh, people don't want to be with people in that age bracket. And so, I mean, I can't speak to that very much, but it's just, it just seems like very harsh. Like you said. Yeah. It's, it, it's like the, the only way to not age out is to have money, which is like, mm. it's like this like crazy bizarre thing. It's like you can be young and hot or you can be like, like not as hot, but old and rich, or you can be like old, rich and hot and like old, rich and hot never finds happiness because there's nothing that anyone, like nobody cares about them. They just care about the like hot and rich. It's like, mm. if you were young, hot and rich, like nobody would care about you either. But it's, it's like a really crazy trap. And like, definitely like when, um, like definitely like being with like certain groups of friends or like certain cliques or certain like groups where like, well, there's like a beach day planned and you, like everyone heads down to San Diego or whatever. And like 
the invitation list is specific so that the group pictures on Instagram look a certain way. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. I've wondered about that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that like, I don't have in step with the actresses anymore. Like I don't have a kid and like a lot of them have children now and stuff like that. But I wondered if like, Oh, I'm not a part of it anymore because like in certain ways I don't fit in in similar ways, you know? And I don't know. I just don't understand caring. Like I understand, like obviously I totally get having a billion opinions about how you, you look yourself in a picture or whatever, but I can't imagine in a group photo, like caring what other people look like. Well, it's just that like super curated life where it's like, I am a beautiful person. I go to beautiful places. I eat beautiful food and I hang out with beautiful people. And it's like, it's that like, that like very like selected view that you present to the world where it's like, my life is perfect. And like, I only hang out with other people that have perfect lives. And it's like this, like very, very skewed like reality that like people are trying to portray. And it's like, no, nobody's life is always that fabulous. Like calm down. That's so funny. There's this uh, travel group called girls love travel online. And it's like 300,000 girls and they travel everywhere and they're always posting pictures of these like amazing, beautiful places, but they're almost always these amazing photographs of them wearing like gorgeous dresses, their hair blowing in the wind. They're all model pretty. Everyone that posts a picture. And I remember someone last week being like, is anyone else confused as to how everyone's schlepping like their entire wardrobe to the top of Machu Picchu and taking multiple <laughs> photographs and like they're like is it, and does anyone here look normal? Why is everyone here like a supermodel who has a billion dollars who can just travel the entire universe like stem to stern? And everyone else is like, oh my god, I thought I was the only one that like wasn't a supermodel and you know takes dumb pictures of me. Like it was so funny because. The pictures are seriously like Instagram crazy perfection looking for the most part. So it was funny to see people be like, uh, is anyone here normal? What's happening? I met someone in real life um, a couple months ago who I knew from Instagram and they like full time travel. And that's I mean, that's like for those of us who full time travel, that is like the standard. Like if you're going to post a picture, you know, it is that sort of like lifestyle shot. Right. Which is why I like Instagram stories, because it's like, do whatever you want. Nothing matters. There's no, like, standards. Uh, but I met someone who I had only known from Instagram before that. And I remember, like, thinking, like, oh, she's not as cute as Instagram. She's, like, normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has the opposite thing that I have. <laughs> cuter and, in pictures. Uh, Catfisher. Well, that's, most people are cuter in pictures. You're you're a special. Monsters. Special person. I think. I think I don't look cuter in pictures. Like, I don't know. I don't look cute in pictures or in real life. <laughs> I can look okay at pictures. I don't know. Complicated. Well, and every, yeah, everyone has different opinions about, like, what they look like in pictures. Like, for the longest time, I, there was, like, pictures of myself I wouldn't like, and everyone else would be like, no, that's fine. Um, which always made me feel really insecure. I was like, if you think this is fine, that doesn't bode well. Oh, yeah, no. When people are like, no, you look cute and like a weird, different octave voice. And you're like, oh, God, like this is worse than I thought. Like this is much worse. My whole life. <laughs> Every photograph ever. No, you look foot. I mean, cute. Sorry. <laughs> foot fine. It's fine. No. It's... <laughs> yeah. That's something I really liked about the TV show um, Chewing Gum. I don't know if people have watched, but it's really funny. It's this British show 
um, the girl that is the lead actress is the one that like wrote and kind of created the whole show. And she is always absolutely willing to make herself look the worst out of everyone. And she doesn't give a crap about an unflattering angle about like looking dumb, looking ugly. Like she'll always be the first one to put herself in that situation, which I think is something that is, um, remarkable, especially given that it's like a TV show on Netflix, you know, like millions of people can see it and it didn't matter to her, you know, like she was willing to look unattractive, even though I think that she's maybe not like the most beautiful person in the world. Like she didn't care and she knew that she looked goofy and she knew that she could look silly. And so she exploited that. And that was like really kind of inspiring to me in some ways. I was like, Oh man, like you made your own show, which would be the perfect time to come off like the smartest, the coolest, the prettiest. And you didn't do that. You went the complete opposite direction with that. Well, isn't that what Lena Dunham did with girls? too a show i haven't watched but you know there's a lot of cultural hubbub about it and that's what i've taken away is that she did that same sort of thing where it was like she did but it was still different like she still got to like it was still like about her and it was still like i mean i think she still came off like as a winner in some of it and like she still got like amazing she wrote herself some stuff that i'm like girl i would write that too like she gets to have like sex with Patrick Wilson for like an entire day in the show and like all this stuff I'm like yeah of course like write that like obviously um so there's a little bit of like fantasy fulfillment there but it's a little different because like Michaela Cole her her writing about herself is just so awkward and so unpleasant at times and like she does not win you know and for sure Lena Dunham's character Hannah like didn't win in a lot of ways but it's just still settled. There's still some self-protection there no matter what you know and I think that that's just absent in chewing gum which I think is startling like refreshing too oh absolutely refreshing you're like oh wow this is insane like that you would do this to yourself yeah i would never do that i can't even like yeah no gram again does not star like a goofy awkward no i wouldn't i wouldn't post an unflattering picture of myself online no there's no like i don't i can't think of a universe in which i would feel comfortable doing that uh, I might just because I don't know. I remember like the totally freeing moment of being like, Oh, in real life, everyone else can see my body anyway. So it doesn't matter like what picture I post online because it's not like a mystery what I look like. Like if anyone interacts with me at all, they're going to know what I look like. So you can't pretend that you look a different way. Cause there's still some people I know online who like post really careful pictures, like from certain angles and like only like parts of them and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, except that like IRL everyone knows. But they might they might not be doing that to like keep it a secret. They might just not like looking at it. I'm sure they don't. But like like it might not even about other people. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you hate looking at something, why would you post it? Cuz I mean, it doesn't make it invisible for you not to post about it. Like other people still see it anyway. Yeah, but it's not. You're doing it for yourself anyway. Like, why? Like, if you hate it, why would you go out of your way to like look at something you hate more? I feel like the whole posting thing isn't for yourself. I feel like the whole posting thing is for everyone else. I feel like it's all a giant trap. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think like people are like, oh, I'm keeping a secret by posting this angle. They're thinking like. This angle is the only thing I don't hate that I feel comfortable posting. Sure. 
I, no, I just feel like this whole, I don't know. And again, it's probably because I feel like, why ever post anything? I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yeah, and people are like, well, I have to post something here. I'm like, you don't have to post anything at all. Like, just like we did, like, when I was, I don't know, like, when I was a kid, like, a child. Like, I remember, like, not getting a MySpace in high school for, like, a long time. And, like, I was like, oh, it's, no, it's fine. And then I got the Facebook thing. I never had the MySpace thing, but I got the Facebook thing. And I was like... I don't know. I feel like it's not. I don't know. My my personal thing is it's like whenever I post anything, it's like usually not for me. It's usually like some like half-assed attempt to be like I'm cool or something, and it's and I'm like, and I have like so little, so little interest in like trying to convince people that I'm having a great time when I'm like just come and have a great time with me. Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about in light of they say that the influencer mark like influencer marketing is only going to grow. So it's like 5 billion. Now it'll be 10 billion in like two years or something. And that's the most, I read this really interesting article about Beyonce and how um, her celebrity baby photos were the first like celebrity baby photos where they didn't sell them. She like posted them herself to Tumblr and they were just very candid shots contrasted with like the Jolie Pitts photos the year before sold for like $14 million. And it was worth more to Beyonce to control like the messaging and to like control the venue and like the channel for reaching her fans. And yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting to think about how that's only going to become more and more like we hate it now. It's like only going to get more and more and more that we see like really carefully curated photos of life. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I work in like luxury and like paying for an ad in like Vogue is like, it's important to do to like establish some sort of credibility, but it's not what makes you any like, but like people don't come in saying, I saw the Adam Vogue. People come in with like pictures of like bloggers and they come in with pictures from Instagram. They're like, Hey, I saw this on so-and-so on Instagram. Do you have that still? And I'm like, I'm like, man, how much time do you spend on the internet or on somebody else's Instagram? And the answer is probably hours and hours a day. Oh, hours and hours a day. Like I went to go see, um, I went to go see some friends in Houston last weekend for my sister's graduation. And one of them told me that Instagram has completely changed the way she shops and that like, she's so much more likely to buy something if she sees it on Instagram or see someone like wearing it on Instagram. Um, and that's like where she gets most of her shopping input at these, at this point. I feel like such an old person. I feel so out of like, and like, I, I have an Instagram account. No, that's not even true, dude. Like, I go to the stores. I go to the stores. I feel like I don't even like department stores. I like to go to the boutiques, and I like to see it in real life, and I like to like experience the whole thing, and I love me a good consultation. Like, I could never buy something without somebody trying to sell it to me, like, in person and telling me about it. Like, maybe that's where I'm – maybe that's when I'll kick in is when they're, like, video tutorials of these new products on Instagram rather than just, like, some sunset photo and a dress or something. I don't know, whatever. Oh, that's something that like Patagonia does amazingly well. If you go to Patagonia's site, they have someone explaining to you how the product works. They unzip it, they show it, they like put it on. It's amazing. That should be my new job. Yeah, z- well, that's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. Zappos, Zappos is the same way. Where like the yeah, shoe, you can watch someone they have like they it. have like ten pictures from every angle, and then they have a video of someone walking in it, and then they hold it and bend it, and they like point out all the different stuff. Your your love it's- for Zappos is well known on this podcast. I just, I just, I mean, I appreciate a consultation that I can do from my computer. By myself. No, super fair. Should we joke life moment? I mean, what isn't a joke life moment at this point? 
You say no that. Answer. You say that every week. That's like why the segment is called Joke Life Moment. Oh. That's why the word life is in there. Um, my joke life moment is today. This is really dumb. So we stopped working in our office and we started working for different coffee shops around the Valley. And in the morning, it only takes me 10 minutes to get to basically wherever we're going, which is incredible. Cause it used to take me an hour plus to get to work every day, no matter whether I drove or took a car or took the train. Um, so today I took like 10 minutes to get to the Valley. I got set up at like 7am. I was working, I was being productive, which is great. Cause the morning is like the best time for me to do my work. I'm really I'm able to think clearly and get everything done. Um, and then I was leaving and it should only take me like 15 minutes to get home from where I was since it was so close. And I leave and I'm not really paying attention. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I'll turn here. I'll turn here. And like, not really looking at the map and I, on my phone and, um, I'm like, Oh, this, I know, I know Coldwater Canyon. I can just take this over the mountain. That's fine. That'll be fast. And then I'll just zoom down home. Um, I had mistaken Coldwater Canyon for Laurel Canyon. In either case, it would not have been fast to just zoom on home. And it ended up taking me an hour to get home from the valley. And I like drove down Sunset. And I was like, what is happening? This is taking forever. And hit every red light the entire way home. And so what was supposed to be a 10-minute jaunt turned into some sort of international sightseeing tour of Los Angeles, which then just made me sad because I was like, oh, LA has changed and everything on Sunset's shut down and all the luxury brands are gone and Hollywood's not what I remember. So, what a day. Hollywood's not what I remember. Dude, that's how I feel. Every time I drive through it, I'm like, this is not what I remember. You're such an old person. Just sucks. My joke life moment, I guess, in summary would be that no matter how long you live here, you still don't know how to drive around the dumb city. You dumb. Graham, I think your joke life moment is definitely that you filled out an application twice and lost the entire thing twice. Three, three times. I lost oh. it twice. I, I started trying to fill out this. I So my joke life moment is that last night I tried to fill out the, an application for the only job that I really wanted and got distracted and the web t- page timed out. So I was like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then I started working on it today and then I accidentally exited. And because it's like a special form, when I tried to restore the tab, it was an error. And so the only job that I really wanted, I actually had to fill out the application for it three times. You know, man. Because my life is a joke. That is so true. It really is. So my joke life moment is I had, I was having some really bad asthma last week. Um, I don't know if it's like allergy related or what, but I was having asthma and it got to the point where none of my inhalers were taking care of it. And it had been, it had been over 24 hours and I was like, okay, I have to go to urgent care to get a breathing treatment. Um, but then I was like, I had to wait for a window of time and I had to like finish a bunch of work stuff. So it actually ended up being like, it wasn't till the second day that I got in, um, and they gave me the breathing treatment and then they prescribed me a bunch of stuff that steroids and um antibiotics and i was like why like like why are we like bringing in the big guns like i thought it was just you know i just needed the breathing treatment and they were like oh no you like you've developed a respiratory infection from the asthma um and sure enough then i like instantly had a cold like that night 
because you know Ugh. my body was betraying itself thankfully they had sure. given me all the drugs so then i was just like on all the drugs for five days um and i feel fine now but like i got really sick from asthma from allergies so my life's a joke oh sicky baby i took some hot baths i want a bath that sounds great it was i i love baths baths are my baths make me feel bath. very good baths slurman <laughs> I told John I wanted some more plants for my birthday, and he said, I think you have enough plants. <laughs> I love that. Well, I think that's another episode. That's it for episode number 37. Yep. You can find us at twogirlstalking.club. Uh, you can also rate us, review us on iTunes. I know you won't, but that's okay. I'm going to keep asking you to you until someone our, does. You can join our Facebook group. You can join our poppin' Facebook group, which is blowing up with requests, with cool people sharing memes, people sharing playlists, people dancing live. Like, it's really... None of that's happened yet, but I am I have big plans. How many people are in the Two Girls Talking Club Facebook group? Other than us? Some, yeah. Some people. Some? Early, early, early adapters phase? Well, yeah, I thought about early, adding... Early. I thought about adding all the people who I know listen to the podcast that I'm Facebook friends with. I was going to say, like, I, I haven't joined yet, but I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do that next. Um, but then <laughs> I decided, I was like, no, I'm going to wait and see who actually activates on the call to action in the podcast. Uh, a, little, a little user test. No one. No, no one is activating. We had someone activate. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Someone I didn't even know listened to the podcast, so. That's everybody, I swear. Everyone does. I don't know. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so you can rate us, review us. You can also write your feelings in the box at twogirlstalking.club, and we will read it. We will discuss it live on air. Maybe you two can become a guest host, much like Graham weaseled his way in after many months. Ardent admiration. Yep. It's right. it's doable. It's doable, listeners. <laughs> All right. We got to go walk some dogs. Yep, got to get steps. Steps. I, I need some steps. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.